People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in and welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the DG Podcast, the Really and Truly Podcast. As I say every week, every day there's a new name or whatever. I'm just happy to have you lot here. Please make sure you're following on Spotify, on Apple Music. Make sure you're checking out the description and you're following me across all the necessary socials so you keep up to date, not just with when the DG podcast lands, but also my other content, man. Don't know if you know, but I do a hell of a load of content on YouTube. Um, obviously, I've been doing watch-alongs where you can, you know, comment and live react with the, in relation to the Euros game with myself. So, yeah, man, at this moment in time, what I think is Sweden, Slovakia, Scotland, England, and I can't remember the game in the middle, but I'm pretty sure I'm doing all three, or at least I will do two two of the three. So make sure you're having the butchers, you're going on YouTube, and you're enjoying and watching the Euros with man. But away from that, I hope you are well and safe. Like I said, it's a slow week, or it's always a slow couple of couple of weeks um, at some point of in the postseason. Obviously, there's transfer rumors, there's a bunch of things going on in the Euros, um, but yeah, man. It is what it is. Let's kick off with the Europe, the Euros, the European action, people. If you give me a second, I actually need to bring up my bring up my notes, people, because I'm sure you all saw yesterday. You know, Denzel Dumfries. Uh, well, it's not even Denzel, isn't it? Is it Den- Denzel? I think it is Denzel Dumfries. Dumfries. You know, he was playing non-league a few years ago, and what he's trying to get the he's a fullback. He's doing it for the fullbacks nation, fullback um, union. You know, it's fullback nations nowadays. He's trying to get the golden boot. Obviously, you saw Belgium's Kevin De Bruyne play a key part for them turning it around. You know, Wales have given themselves a good platform. Obviously, for Austria and Turkey, they probably need a miracle. Obviously, France beat Germany across the week. You know, Spain flattered to deceive against Sweden. It was a techie sort of game still. It was a techie, techie, techie sort of game, people. Obviously, it's been a while since since we've been together. I'm pretty sure I spoke about England Croatia, but... You know, on, Monday, on a quick little recap, I'm sure you all saw Holland versus Ukraine. Obviously, Ukraine, for me, within that game, they gave a good account of themselves before Holland flattered to deceive. Slovakia scored goal in a campaign um, against Scotland. I mean, Czech Republic did that against Scotland. Slovakia beat Poland. As I said, Spain flattered to deceive. You know, Spain looks very stale, lethargic, looked like they were lacking. You know, Portugal did what they needed to do against Hungary. To be fair, it carried on what a lot of the games have been have been like in, in, in the Euros, people, in, in late goals. And when you look at it, the last 10 minutes, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo got on the score sheet with two. Guerrero grabbed one on the 84th minute. I can't lie. If I can remember correctly, Ronaldo's second, where it's a fantastic move from a couple of players off the bench, Yao Martino, um, Renato Sanchez and Ronaldo, I'm pretty sure it technically could have been classed as a known goal, but they won't give it to him. Obviously, it just matters. All that matters is that you win the game. You know, France versus Germany, that was a good game on Tuesday for me. Obviously, when you look at it and you deep it on the face of things, people, Germany had 10 shots, France had four. Both teams only had one shot on target. And I just feel... You know, France, I don't, listen, I do think there's, there's, you know, France weren't perfect. Let's be real. You know, they did give the ball away a lot at a time. They couldn't get out of their own half by Germany. They, at times, they unnecessarily rid their luck. So they weren't perfect. But on so many ways, they were, man. You know, Rabiot was very good defensively. Pogba, you know, some of the passes Pogba was playing. And I think Pogba should take a leaf out of his book. At, 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 at international level for club level, man, because you're going to go back playing next to Fred and McTominay. It's not going to be wavy like this. You need to go PSG or one of them teams there where you can just be be yourself, man. Kante put in a shift. Pogba put in a shift. You know, Benjamin Pavard played quite well. I actually feel defend, you know, 
towards the end, France probably defended a bit more than they would love, have liked to. But I think all of the back line did very well. Obviously, Lucas Hernandez was involved in what led to the, the, the own goal from Hummels. I don't know what Hummels was doing, but he does have a calamitous own goal in him. You know, I think Griezmann, had, I think Mbappe had a very good game. Unlucky, you know, that his goal didn't count. Benzema the same. I think Griezmann was very good within that sort of unofficial 10 role, man. Obviously, it was a bit of a change. It's not really the 4-3-3 we saw, we've seen when, when you know, France won the World Cup. It looked like a two up front. It was almost like Benzema and Mbappe, but Mbappe peeling out to the left. Griezmann up front, but he's doing a false nine thing. And then a three in midfield. It was quite a fluid system. It looked like a 4-3-3 three, three at times, but then it looked like a two up front. Very fluid system. For Germany, they just look stale, man. I can't lie to you, man. I just They just look like they're missing stuff. Kimmich was a driving force. Tony Kroos can play a ball. Muller, Gnabry, Havertz, they were all pretty anonymous. Gundogan was back in that six role. Really ineffective. Gintar and Rüdiger tried a thing. I don't know how Rüdiger's not sent off for biting Pogba. And during, you know, this environment and this climate, you know, biting people, is that the right thing to be doing? But, you know, France won 1-0. And again, that's the group of death in it, really and truly, between Portugal, France and Germany. Russia beat Finland a goal to nil. Wales obviously defeated Turkey two goals to nil. Aaron Ramsey, you know, at some point we thought, you know, third time lucky with him. How many chances did he want? It's a fantastic ball from Gareth Bell. It's a fantastic finish. Bell's technically got two assists, you know. Could have had a goal to add to it, but we all saw that calamitous penalty effort. Um, but yeah, man, Wales won 2-0 against Turkey. That's four points for the Welsh and, you know, giving themselves a good platform. It's Italy, probably the most faultless team in this competition. You know, very good game from them in relation to versus Switzerland. I think Switzerland, the first 10, literally gave Italy something to think about. Then other than that, Italy just went up to gears, man. And, you know, Locatelli, you know me, I'm a big fan of passes. You know, Paul Pogba's passing the build-up to the own goal. Hummel's his own goal. You know, Gareth Bell's assist for Ramsey. Um Immo, 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 um, not Immobile, sorry. Locatelli in the build-up to his first goal. Uh, I'm sure Kevin De Bruyne for Belgium in the build-up to one of their goals as well. Um, and I am actually saw Memphis Depay, Depay, yeah, Memphis Depay yesterday for Holland. He's played a lovely pass. Daniel Marlin off the bench has run onto it and squared it for Dumfries. So, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the passing element of football. And I just feel Locatelli, Locatelli, you know, it's a bit, what he did was a good goal, but it's basic in the sense of, you're taught that as a youngster playing in midfield and many people don't take heed, you know. Many people would have, you know, if you didn't watch it, he played a lovely pass out to the right-hand side with his left peg and he's continued his run. Now, it sounds basic, but many midfielders play that pass and they just sit there and admire it. What I mean by that is they just sit there like, wow, that's a pass. Then other people are breaking and, and, and that's it. But Locatelli went, no, I'm not admiring my pass. I need someone needs to get on the end of it. And he's not going to score an easier goal. His second goal was fantastic. But, you know, I loved his first goal just because he started the move and then it's ended up in the back of the net, you know, for a tapping. And Italy, they played some good football. I still think they could go up several gears. But, you know, Locatelli, Barella, Jorginho, for me, very impressive. Di Lorenzo, forgive me if I'm wrong, Italian fans, but I'm pretty sure he came off the bench in their last game, played well and got his start. I think he showed why and justified his start. Benucci, not that he had much to do, mopped up well. Donnarumma didn't have nothing to do, mopped up well. Obviously, Chiellini, I don't know what's going on there, but he came off with an injury. I'm sure if you're Italian, that's an issue because I'm sure you're wetting your mouth at the prospect of Verratti getting fit. You know, I'd think, you know, again, Italy are scary anyways, but the fact that there's no Verratti, for me, the fact that they've got no Zinolio because he, you see the, you, just how I spoke about Locatelli making those runs, that is Zinolio to a T and, and whatnot. 
Spinozola, allegedly uh, Real Madrid are in talks to sign him. I'd saw that as a rumor. I don't know if it's true or not, but he, you know, he's he him and Denzel Dumfries. Really, if you was picking fullbacks at the tournament, you'd go with it. Spinoza, Spinozola on the left, and obviously Dumfries on the right. He's had a good game and he's been a real attacking threat. Maybe he wants to get out of Roma before Jose Mourinho gets involved because you know he'll coach all of that attacking play out of you, but. On a serious note, you know, you know what you're getting with the Italians. I told you in the podcast when the Euro started, you know, Italy. Now it's cool to say they're dark horses and all of that. But I told man, Italy, again, time will tell. But they, they have a way of playing. You know, I'm obviously everybody's together and singing on the same hymn sheet. But, you know, from 06 and them teams, well, as long as you can remember, like the Italians have always been able to get over the finishing line. Them man, they are hungry. And for me, you look at it, very few teams, it looks like there's a DNA. And I just think, not that it's Barcelona, Italy's Barcelona, but I just think it's one of them in that the DNA don't change. All the players know what to do. You know, it, it is what it is. And I just think they look good. I think there's a bit more like, you know, I'm not even Italian, but Berardi, even though he's he, he's been fairly productive statistically in the last two games, his decision-making is appalling. You know, a couple of these players in, in, the, in the Italy team are linked with moves. You know, Barella due to Inter Milan being broke. Locatelli, apparently 40 million euros. Um, Juventus are on to him and, and a bunch of other clubs. Um, you know, Berardi's apparently been linked. You know, if you go to Juventus or wherever, you're not going to last because your decision-making is poor. Passing when you need to shoot, shooting when you need to pass, overrunning it, incredibly frustrating. And, you know, you can get away with it against Switzerland and, and the team Italy played before with respect. But I'm sure Italians know that as, as you go further, the margins for error decrease and he needs to sort it out, man. And even if you get a move, you go back to club level, it's going to be dead. I couldn't believe Gar um, uh, Granite Xhaka was playing the ball forward as many times. But, you know, S Switzerland got eaten alive, man. They got eaten. They were just caught in their own half. The back three was ineffective. They couldn't get out, you know. Number eight and, you know, number eight Fuller, you know, also plays in Italy, did all right. And Bulo was was poor. You know, Sha um, Shakiri is a flat track bully. So when you play proper teams, he's going to be anonymous. And he wasn't, you know, Italy did what they needed to do. What can you say, man? 3-0, you know, good football. Two games, six goals, three points, two clean sheets. It's done for Italy as well. Maybe if you're talking about upping, it could be a bit more clinical. 13 shots, three on target. Switzerland had 6-1 on target. Um, Ukraine beat North Macedonia. That was a better game than give it credit for. You know, Yarmolenko had a good game and he's trying to go for the top goal scorer. You know, Alioski technically missed a penalty and then converted. Yarma took in the 34th minute when he made it 2-0 to Ukraine, scored and saved his blushes after he should have done better with a previous effort. Better game than giving credit for. Macedonia, North Macedonia, I think they huffed and puffed and did all right, but ultimately the quality wasn't there. Denmark against Belgium. Now, for 45 minutes, I think Denmark had them in their pocket. You know, Denmark were outdoing them statistically. You know, Denmark, they're both playing back three. Denmark looked like, you know, they really worked on something in the training field. Belgium just looked like a bunch of individuals turning up and it, it looked like a Sunday league team. And then you're looking at the bench for Roberto Martinez and you're questioning the tactics. To be fair, when they did change to a four, they started to go on it. Um, I don't think, ultimately, Denmark, despite taking the lead in the first minute, you know, a goal presented to them because of that calamitous mistake from Denial, they didn't build on it. And, you know, all former, you know, about four former Chelsea players had something to say in the goals for Belgium, you know. Forgan Hazard made it 1-0, technically after fantastic play by, by Belgium, you know, Kevin De Bruyne in, in particular. You know, you look at Eden Hazard, um, Kevin and Lukaku, they've all played key parts in the goals. You know, Lukaku ain't getting no assists, but he worked very hard for the second goal at least. And, you know, fantastic play from Kevin De Bruyne off the bench, you know. 
big, in, increasingly good cameo, and, and and then they need him. I think when Witzel came on, Telemans started playing better. I can't lie, I've been very unimpressed in Telemans in the last two games. I think his passing has been woeful. I think he's flattered to deceive, really, really and truly. Um, Belgium's blushes were say, were shared. Denmark, I felt sorry for them because they matched work, man. You know, Paulsen scored, you know, to, right into the very end. Denmark had half chances, you know. Braithwaite had a couple. Wass went forward. I think Delaney was good for them. You know, only one that I think was quite off the... Um, Damstadt was trying, you know, even got a yellow card for diving. I just think Hoiberg was too basic, man. He was doing what he does at Spurs, just backwards, unnecessarily backwards, backwards. I don't know how you frauded it and Pep thought he was a good player. Um... Obviously, to end last night, you saw Holland defeat Austria two goals to nil. You know, David Alaba conceded a penalty. Memphis Depay stepped up. Memphis Depay also missed a tapping. Obviously, like I said, Denzel Dumfries scored as well. Again, there's been a lack of clinicalness, I feel, in the Euros. Because again, look at it. 14 shots from Holland, four on target. And, you know, I can't lie, towards the end of the week, the games have been a bit more exciting. I think yesterday was very exciting in terms of games. But, you know... We are typically seeing better second halves and woeful first, but it is what it is. They're starting to change as we go on. Obviously, that's how I feel in relation to the Euros. In relation to um, the Euro action to come today, you've got Sweden, Slovakia. You know, Sweden gave a good account of themselves and got a result against Spain. You get a point off, uh, you get four, three points off Slovakia. You know, there's a thing there. You've got Croatia versus Czech Republic. Now, Czech Republic, I think, are, are a decent team, as do I think with Croatia. And Croatia, after losing against England, are, are going to need to win or it's very difficult to see them going through, in my opinion. England versus Scotland. Sorry, Scotland, I love you guys. You know, I really wanted you lot to beat the Czech Republic. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. We're going to have to batter you because right now there's six games left on paper. After you lot, there's five. And it's coming home. You know, you lot are going to have Tierney back and, you know, one love to my Arsenal man, but we're enemies for now. Tierney's going to be anonymous. He's not even the best left back at Arsenal. He's Saka. I can't lie. I've got to run agendas. As you know, it's national pride. You know, I have a feeling Scotland are going to take the game to us. They lost, you know. They always, you know, they, they're on this, man. They think England fans are a bit arrogant in relation to this, or at least my Scottish friends do. So they're going to be at it and we're going to need to, you know, national pride, galvanisation, winning the first and second balls. This is what Scotland's going to come with and I hope we can mash them up, really. Um, allegedly, there's changes to be made. Um, Gareth Southgate is considering Luke Shaw and Rhys James. I, I, you know, I don't think, you know, Walker had an amazing game for England, so it's a, it's debatable. Rhys James is more than capable. I would like to see Shaw, to be fair. I think Trippier held it up, but I just think against the Scottish, let's try and, you know have a natural left back who's going to take him on consistently because if they go with a back three with that tired O'Donnell brother let's let, let's go on that left hand side and exploit that man I, I fully expect England to be 2-0 up in the first half we need to you know and then we end we was it so yeah that that's that's the action for today and then obviously tomorrow again I have to do some watch alongs for this you've got Hungary France Portugal, Germany and Spain, Poland. Some very juicy and tasty encounters in relation to that. So that's the Euros, people, man. Obviously, if I had to start picking a team of the tournament so far for the Euros, I don't think I can pick the whole 11. And so, big up the North Macedonian keeper. I thought he matched work yesterday. But if I had to pick Denzel Dumfries at uh, left, right back, sorry, Spinzola at, at left back, you know, Locatelli probably gets a place in the middle. Um... Probably, actually, lot two games he's played quite well. Yarmolenko's got to probably be on the flank somewhere, you know. Other than that, everywhere else is debatable. There's been some good performers elsewhere. Other people have played well and that. But I would say them, I'd say them lot really and, and truly people. 
if I'm com- if I'm completely honest with you. Um, you know, haven't quite picked. You know, could look Luka- is Lukaku the striker right now? Probably. It is what it is, people. It is what it is. Um, maybe even a couple more. You know, Wijnaldum probably. You know, Wijnaldum, Locatelli probably in the middle for me. Wijnaldum's been quite good for me in the last couple of games. I wouldn't put Memphis to pay there, but it is what it is. Um, I can't lie. I know if you've, you know, away from the Euros, if we're getting into other action, I know you've all seen Sergio Ramos after 16 years and a hell of amount of trophies. The boy from Sevilla now leaves. The man from Sevilla, his Real Madrid time is over. Apparently, he was offered a contract. It passed the deadline, he said. You know, he wanted a two-year deal. He was more than happy to take a re- um, reduction in salary, but it's done. And he's going to be linked with everyone. Apparently, there's proposals from Eng- there's proposals from all over England. Only a couple of teams, really. You know, you can imagine United historically. City's there. Can't imagine Liverpool need him. But I would take him at Arsenal if, if 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 there was ever a chance. You know, in terms of leadership, these are the part. These are the thirty-year-olds you should be getting, not the the, the David Luizes and them man. But for me, if I'm Ramos, I'm going to PSG or but or, or Man City. To be fair with you, um, that's just me. So we'll have to see. Ashley Young's gone back to Aston Villa for what it's worth. People, I thought he was going back to Watford. He said no. Obviously, the gift that keeps giving. In fact, before we get into that, obviously, on a slightly more serious note, you know, shout out Christian Eriksen for being on the mend. Apparently, he's to have a heart starter fitted following his cardiac arrest. Um, He's to have a device fitted to help abnormal heart rhythms after he suffered a cardiac arrest on Saturday. And obviously, health is wealth. As we know, he is a footballer right now, but, you know, he's in his early 20s and he's got a girlfriend slash wife. I don't know if he's got children. I assume he wants children or whatever. My point being, he's a footballer for 15 years. He's a family man for life. He's going to be a granddad, a dad, an uncle, you know, all these sort of things. Again, a husband and all of these sort of, a, a, a son, you know, all of these sort of things in life. Again, if your heart ain't right or your health ain't right, you can forget it. Football, very few things are important, more important than football. Health is definitely one of the very few. So, you know, it's fun and games thinking about, thinking about, playing again obviously he's playing at the Euros Denmark are probably out and you know I'm sure he wanted to play a part in it um, you know this is what you want but health is well first and foremost so obviously it's nice to see that this happened and specialists apparently have taken the decision to fit a heart starter after Ericsson underwent different heart examinations people apparently the Danish national team doctor um, consulted the cardiac specialist at uh, Ringstofflet I believe that is a hospital that's the hospital where Ericsson is based who has recommended the treatment so if you don't know what a, a heart starter does um, in short it's an ICD which stands for an implantable um, cardioverter defibrillator it's a small device that regulates abnormal heart rhythms thin wires connect the device placed under the skin just below the collarbone to have the heart and, moni- and monitor your heart rate through electrodes the device is similar to a pacemaker but used to restart the heart if it goes into a rhythm that cannot ensure contraction of the device so big up that man you know first and foremost that's that's fantastic health is wealth anything to keep a man's health in check anything to put away through this and maybe you know again i'm sure club doctors and clubs they do more things than i can comprehend in terms of you know, finding things out. But I'm not going to say, you know, sometimes cardiac things happen, but is there something that could have been, is there signs that could have been read with Ericsson to lead up to that? You know, was there warning signs? Is it just one of those things, it's just happened? Fair play. But I think this should put into debate, as I said, 
a better degree of due diligence for um, duty of care for athletes, you know. Physically, one thing as well, I think mentally, because I think it's a very big disgrace that Denmark were more or less forced by UEFA to play that game again. You know, if, if Ericsson had corona, the game can be postponed, as the manager of Denmark rightly said. But, it, you know, somebody having heart issues. And like I said, Ericsson is the, is the main concern and nobody has it worse than Ericsson. Mentally, how are you meant to your his teammates? How are you meant to you know it affected Lukaku and he's got nothing to do with Denmark, you know. So your teammates, you know, the men that are training with you week in week out, your friends, your boys, you know, it's not nice. And some of you know, some of them know his girlfriend's there, and obviously, it's not nice. So me, physical is one thing, but mental. And I at UEFA, they don't care. What are you seeing today? If England don't lift travel restrictions, they're threatening moving the, the, the Euros final from Wembley. You know, they told you it's for the fans and all of this with the Super League. I told you lot. The UEFA, they're a very corrupt organisation, man. Um, so, yeah, as I said, health, health is wealth fundamentally. You can't get away from that. Now, Tottenham Hotspur is doing its best. And I don't know why nobody's talking about it. Because if it's Arsenal and they're doing what... If Arsenal did what Tottenham Hotspur is doing in their managerial search... We would be, rightly so, because we are, we'd be told we're incompetent. There's a lack of forward guidance. There's a lack of direction. It's run by Muppets. Obviously, there's a level in expectation historically between the two teams. But I just think Spurs are getting away with a lot. Maybe there's a lot of talking points, you know. I have, you know, Spurs seem to be the first football club that's going to have about five managers, you know. Pochettino, the prodigal son, was um, was, was allegedly returning. Paolo Fusheco was allegedly joining. Um... Nuno was obviously in the ring as well. Um, I'm sure there's a next man. There's been about three, four managers that's getting linked with the roles. Um, one minute it looked like Gattuso, um, Gattuso sorry, was about to get it. And I thought him and Joe Lewis, they might get it cracking in Enfield. Um, he was about to join. Apparently due to fan backlash and stuff. And obviously you've seen his homophobic, he's racist. He's just some of his views coming out and surfacing and... You know, Spurs fans, I don't know if Spurs fans are the direct consequence, but what saw, saw like a quick turnaround for Gattuso, having just signed and left Florentino, he won't be becoming Spurs manager. The, you know, the soap opera continues. Apparently, Tottenham Hotspur's projected search for a new manager will continue after the North London club decided against appointing Gerardo Gattuso. One has to wonder, you know, is Spurs are being linked with players, but, you know... In terms of ingoings, outgoings, getting prepared for the next season, how much of that can happen without a manager? And we're almost in July as well, so people are going to be reporting back for training and that. So you'd imagine there needs to be some forward guidance. I mean, Daniel Levy's running a mockery in relation to this. For Paolo Fischeco, it, it, it came across that there's some tax differences that went away with this, so it, um, that that made that the difference. Some some sort of tax advantage that's there in Italy that isn't here in England, that's made it not happen. You know, Poch, whether he was prepared to force it or not, we don't know. Um, Nuno, Nuno's had it a bit unlucky, man, because, you know, Nuno, he's trying to get the Spurs job. It's not there. The Palace one went away. Um, you know, even Everton, apparently Everton are getting Rafa Benitez now. So it's long for Nuno. But in relation to Gattuso, yeah, he has to wait, people. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a madness. But as far as Gattuso, conversa conversations took place. Um, you know, apparently his stomach comments alleged to be made by the ex-Italy midfielder about the role of women in football, same-sex marriage and racism were repeatedly shared by Tottenham fans on social media, accompanied by the hashtag no to Gattuso, which was trending in the UK last night. So obviously it's a bit of a myth. And, you know, talk, you know, he doesn't officially start until July, but, you know, Tottenham's new managerial director, Fab Fabio Parisi, 
Paratisi, you know, has probably been putting in a lot of work in relation to this point, in, in, in relation to just taking the job role. And, you know, he hasn't even started and he's had to try and find a new gaffer. You know, at this point, they're probably going to just give it Ryan Mason, really and truly. Um, he, they also indirectly tried for Hansi Flick, they were dream chasing with that one. Like, it is what it is in that regards, though. And obviously, allegedly, Rafa Benitez will be signing for Everton. Now, obviously... Let's be, I'm sure Liverpool and Everton have a rivalry, but it just seems like out of all the rivalries in the premise, a bit of a special one. Now, I know it's the City and that, but I mean, I, I would, I don't think you'd ever see Tottenham and Arsenal fans sitting next to each other in the same stand. So, I, I, I can't lie, man. Unpopular opinion. I think the Merseyside derby is one of the most overstated rivalries there is. I think it's one of the most overstated games there is, personally. And I never used to think that. I, I've only, I've been one of them that's been converted last year. But rivalries are rivalry, isn't it? I know George Graham went and managed them poor players, them poor players down the lane in that poor club. It hardly changed his his reputation. But you know, Rafa Benitez ain't ain't the cop ain't at the cop at the cop at Liverpool's ground. They've got hella pictures paying homage to Rafa Benitez. People, I couldn't blame him. He said he wants to return. He's ready to return to management. He said he's ready to return to to, to the Premier League. So why not? I don't know if Everton will go for this people because as you lot know, angry Everton fans, you know, had came out in 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 a decent numbers and were doing anti Rafa Benitez banners outside the stadium. To be fair, I know there's rivalry and stuff. Fat people get over things and. You know, Rafa Benitez is a good manager. I don't know if he's the right one for Everton, but boy, you know, Everton, fair play to Everton. They're trying to sort out their managerial stuff before Spurs. And again, why hasn't Rafa Benitez been linked with Spurs? I'm not saying he's the choice. I'm not saying they should get him, but I mean, have they spoke to him? Arsenal got a million problems, but boy, this don't seem to be, man. It is what it, it, is, what it is in that regards, people. It is what it is. Um, away from that, what other what other things are there to speak about, people? Um, oh, yeah, it's nice to see that you know, obviously Benjamin Pavard isn't concussed as well. It's nice to see the UEFA followed the protocols. Obviously, this Euros, you're seeing a lot of people getting hurt, and and you're wondering what's what is going on in that regards, man. You know, really and truly, what else is there to speak about, people? So, I covered Ramos. Oh yeah, people as well. Obviously, I know you're seeing a lot of controversy. Shout out to Yarmolenko because I know you've seen um, Ronaldo, Pogba. They've all moved the coke and the beer away. You know, Yarmolenko moved it closer. He said he wants them to contact him. He was killing me in the post game. I rate him because he's trying to get that sponsorship. I'm trying to get the sponsor too, man. If you want to sponsor the guy, hit me up. We're trying to get that dollar. But apparently, UEFA, uh, you know, I'm basically moving like there could be sanctions for people who don't move it or some sort of backlash or they've they've warned they've warned players. In fact, let me type that in because I don't have an article to hand. You wait for beer. Let me see what's going on. If if it comes up here, people. And to be honest, we know Heilekin and them man, they are the sponsors. It is what it is. Um, I've got it up here, people. Following Cristiano Ronaldo, Paul Pogba, and Manuel Locatelli, bottle moves prompt UEFA to urge players to stop removing sponsored drinks at news conferences. I'm sorry. Obviously. You know, Ronaldo doesn't want to, you know, Ronaldo has to care about his own image, you know. Ronaldo can't be on this fitness thing and then promote him to have a soda. Like, do I think Ronaldo has a a, a a bit of soda from time to time? Of course, you know. He doesn't like a little bit of coke in any. But on the other hand, you must imagine Ronaldo don't. You all know the dedicated, the ability he has, the dedication he's given to the game to the point where people move like he never had ability. Um, He's got an image, you know. He's got people looking at him. Man can't be saying all of this stuff and then he's got Coke next to him, you know. 
Coca-Cola is not his obligation. I hear it's UEFA, but he's got nothing to do with that. Yeah, he's playing in the UEFA tournament, but he could sit there and say, bro, what Euros is there without me and not just me without the key players? There's no Euros, bro. You're not selling. We all know people would watch the Euros without it, but we all know people that are selling it beyond the fact that it's countries. It's the marquee players, you know, the Ronaldo's, the Kevin De Bruyne's, Paul Pogba, you know, Bakayo Saka, Kieran Tierney, Bird Leno. Obviously, I have to plug the Arsenal players, people on the band now. Not necessarily them, but you get the point. So I don't mind it. And he said, drink water. There's nothing wrong with that. Sponsors on water. And Pogba is Muslim. You know, there are some Muslims. I, I I have a lot of Muslim friends. I know for whatever reason, I don't think it says drinking Islam, but for whatever reason, I have some Muslim friends who drink, some Muslim friends who don't drink. Either way, it does, again, I can't comment on man's religion, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't make you better or worse. But what you can't do is have one rule for everyone. I'm pretty sure there's some Muslim players, if the beer was in front of them, they would probably would have just left it. But Pogba, again, perception, that's not what Pogba wants. Again, you know... You've always got to think. He might have been thinking, yo, there's there, that young Muslim brother out there who, you know, thinks I'm behaving a sort of way and whatnot. If he sees this beer, what's he going to say? Because we know Pogba didn't, doesn't drink. We know he doesn't drink it. We know somehow Pogba is killed for being a carefree, carefree guy. Like, he just dances and plays football. And man, hate him, you know. They, you know, but, you know, people will get two and two and add four, so he don't want it next to man. And there's a lot of people coming out saying, yes, yeah, alcoholic, it's not, it's non-alcoholic, sorry, it's this, that and the other. They might be right. It might be non-alcoholic. But one, Pogba shouldn't have to read if it says non-alcoholic. Two, beer is beer in it. Man don't want to sponsor it. Three, but if man don't want it next to him, he don't want it next to him. Um, it is what it is, you know. It's them and three and four away from religion and all the stuff I'm talking about. I can't lie, I'm not getting paid for it. So what am I leaving your thing? Hi, little kid. If you want to mess with the guy, come shout to man. UEFA have asked players to stop removing sponsored drinks at Euro 2020 news conferences after Cristiano Ronaldo obviously began the trend. Um, you know, I didn't even know Locatelli did it. Why did Locatelli do it? Oh, he replaced a fizzy bottle with water. Fair play. Fair play, fair play. Maybe he just wanted the war. Apparently, it is important because the revenue for sponsors are important for the tournament and for and for European football. No, for you lot. They paid you a lot, a lot of money and you're moving the thing. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it trill. UEFA has communicated this matter with teams regarding the situation. So sponsor it in other ways. Get the effort. Nobody thought it would be a bad idea to have professional athletes and footballers and people that have to do the discipline thing. No one thought it would have been a bad idea to, to leave beer and fizzy drinks. Maybe you could have even got away with the fizzy drink. But, you know, I'm looking at Locatelli's one. Two bottles of Coke, some water and Heilekin. So Mazzolini, man. It is what it is in that regards, people. Exactly. Pogba, who is a Muslim and does not drink alcohol, objected to the distinctive green bottle of official Euro 2020 beer sponsor, Heilekin. The beer is marketed as having 0.0% alcohol. Bro, who cares, bro? It's still... It is what it is, isn't it? Apparently, Callan, who's the person speaking on behalf of UEFA, says tournament rules require compliance with UEFA's... Promises to sponsors, though players with religious ob objections do not have to have the bottle there. So again, end the story really and truly. Then you know religious reasons or what? If man don't want it, there shouldn't be there. You know, and people have gone as far as to say they could there could be fines, but you can't find bro. You bad you if you bad you could only based on that again. Forgive me if Locatelli and Ronaldo are doing it for religious release, but you could only chat to them. You try ban a man for for being Muslim and not wanting alcohol. You set a bad precedent. And you set a bad statement out. And it's a myth for you, look, because you never get away with it. 
it's, it'll be extremely idiotic. You know, nobody thought, again, I would have thought you could have sponsored it, you know. In 2021, I would have thought there's different ways of marketing. I would have thought a bottle is simple but effective. It's quite lazy, you know, but it, it is what it is, people. For what it's worth, and off topic, I've just seen this come up on my phone. Again, I haven't read it, but apparently Man United have posted a 21.7 loss in the first three months of 2021 as Corona lockdown takes its financial toll. You have heard they're suffering from money, but they're being linked with Varane and uh, Jaden Sanjo. So they're broke. Clearly, it's not everybody's broke. I think we can end this with some transfer stuff, people. Let me go and look at the transfer rumours, you know. Let me see. What new, what round newspaper rounds are doing it? Because I'm sure if you're an Arsenal fan, it's getting even more exciting. You know, bare different players are coming to the Emirates. Camavinga, uh, you know what? Camavinga, Madison, Ben White, uh, Awawa, bare man are signing for Arsenal in it. Based on the rumours, people, it is what it is. Apparently, Everton want to pursue the signing of Wolves in England centre back Connor Cody. Chelsea want to build a positive relationship with Dortmund as they hope to sign two of their brightest talents in the form of Haaland and Jude Bellingham. You know, Bellingham will return to England one day. Hopefully it's for Arsenal. Apparently Manchester United have made an opening 50 million bid for Real Madrid and France defender Rafael Varane, but Real Madrid want 80 million for the 28-year-old. I mean, you would imagine that Varane becomes an even more of a leader now that Ramos is gone. To let Ramos and him go, it could be a problem, but they could build a new look side, but you need a bit of experience. For Real Madrid as well, to want 80 million for a guy that's got a year left on his deal. Unless you know he's staying, it must be something ridiculous, people. Um, apparently, Hakimi has verbally agreed to join Chelsea, people. Um, so, he looks he looks close to going. However, PSG are preparing to table a second bid for Hakimi of 70 million euros. Roma will try to sign Aston Villa and Brazil midfielder Douglas Luiz if they fail to land Xhaka. Um, Wolves are exploring the possibility of signing Diego Costa. Fernandinho has agreed a new one-year deal to stay at Man City. Crystal Palace have made contact with the representative, representative, representative sorry, of former Borussia Dortmund manager Lucien Favre. You know, apparently, as you lot know, Lokonga and what sadly now Aaron Ramsdale are among Arsenal's targets as Mikel Arteta looks to overhaul his squad. Um, Leicester look like they're getting Pats and Dakar, uh, and they're also hoping to tie down Yuri Telemans to a new contract allegedly. Um, Apparently, on loan West Ham midfielder Jesse Lingard is due to hold talks with Man United over his future when he returns to returns for pre-season next month. Apparently, Klopp is monitoring the situation of Real Sociedad and Sweden striker Isaac. Crazy. And that's it, really, in terms of transfer news. So, yeah, we've spoken about the Euros. We've touched on some other topics. Sadly, people, there actually isn't that much to talk about, man. Um, on that note, though... I'm going to get out of this. So like I said, please make sure you're following me on YouTube. Please make sure you're checking out the description for all information on that. Make sure you've hit the follow on Apple, on Spotify or however your streaming service you're listening to this. Um, I have started putting the podcast on YouTube, but I can't lie. Just because of timing and, and the, the time it takes. You know, if you're on Spotify and Apple, you will listen to this first. YouTube was you got to wait. Like I said, I do the Euros watch-alongs in the Arsenal content. And I hope to see you lot supporting the thing over on YouTube. But... On that note, people, it's time to continue my day. It's time to actually get some breakfast. I hope you've had a decent 34 minutes. Please make sure you're subscribed on YouTube as well. More importantly than all of that, stay safe. You know, look after yourselves and I'll catch you lot again. People, deluded, I'm out. Thank you for listening. God bless. Stay safe, stay well and we'll meet again soon.